0: Well, good morning and welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And you may notice we're doing things a little bit different. We're mixing it up, switching it up just a little bit. So we're giving this a shot and going to the chair. And my my notes and everything are all over here. So who knows? It may be different next week. Probably won't be next week, but maybe the week after that. We'll see. Who knows? But we're so glad that you're with us. And and I just I have to tell you that every week... As I get the download is the way I will describe it from the Lord of what the message is to be. Uh, I just really get so excited and I can't wait for the day that we can record it and put it all together and, and just, just combine it all and just like release it from what's in there. And today is one of those days completely. And next week, I can't wait for you as well to see next week's because you're just going to see They're building. It's building off of last week's as well, to be honest. And if you'll remember, we talked about the different areas of faith, but I'm jumping ahead. One of the things that kind of started me down the road for this, and it's actually been in my notes for several weeks now, is the saying that we're going through the, the pandemic, and I've seen shirts with the big gigantic words on it. It says, faith over fear. So you may have seen it too. It's got faith gigantic up here and it's got over and a little line across there and then fear and oftentimes it's upside down and, and all that stuff. And while that's really catchy and that is a really good saying and that is a really good connotation, if you just look at it on the surface, it kind of goes to the, the, the feeling that I've got that we use words in a religious manner and not in what they're truly meaning. And what I want us to see today is that faith is actually this big experience with God. But 2 Timothy, in chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit. And if, you, if you've got your Bibles open or if you're a note taker, I would encourage you to write down that word spirit and circle it maybe three or four or five, six times. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Fear is, is this demonic oppression that comes upon us that tries to, to steer us away from God remember John 10:10 we talk about it all the time and for good reason because i believe it is one of the foundations of who god is and who jesus is and what he came to give us and jesus says in John 10:10 10, 10, the enemy the devil has come to rob kill and destroy and i always use this analogy over here but jesus says but i have come to give you life to the full so we see the two different worlds see the the spirit of fear is over here. And if you do nothing and you just let everything go like it normally does, it's really easy to let fear come into our lives. But when we see and we break it down that God has not given us that spirit of fear, that's not from living life over here. It's really living life over here and robbing, killing, and destroying. God has not given us the spirit. Fear is a spirit then he continues on but he's given us the power and love and a sound mind think about the the, the differences there and that really points to these two different dichotomies of of worlds that we can live in there's the spirit of fear or we can live with power a powerful life love god's love the agape love is literally that word in a sound mind Faith, though, is not a spirit. It is part of your sound mind. And again, we looked at the exact word that was in the original um, Greek that is there with Jesus used and the disciples used it. And everybody that wrote in the New Testament used this one word. And it literally means to be persuaded or to be convinced. See, it is an action not a spirit. It is something you have to do. It's a a progress. It's something you start off small and then you grow up. You you let it grow from this thing into a bigger, bigger thing. You might even say it's like a seed that gets planted and then you see just one little tiny branch or one little tiny leaf just pop out of the ground. It's still the same seed, but it's going to grow into an enormous tree but it begins with being planted. Last week we saw in Hebrews chapter 12 that there's a huge crowd of witnesses around us. And if you didn't hear that message, I'd encourage you to go back and you can get it right where you're getting this one. It's on our YouTube. It's on our podcast. You can go listen to it and you'll see that there's so much that is all around us. There's people all around, those loved ones that have gone before us. They're there. And the rest of it says to to throw aside, to lay aside every weight, it says in one translation, and keep running. And in verse 2, it said, and let's keep looking to Jesus because he's the one who started this journey of faith. And the NASB says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. But I want you to see that point in verse 2. He, Jesus, is the one who started this journey of faith. Now, every journey that we take has a starting place. And depending on how much gas you got in your car and if you have a renewable car that you could just keep going forever, it may take forever to get there, but the journey is there, but it always starts with a beginning place. And it is Jesus Christ who started that journey of faith inside of you and inside of me. I want us to look at one of the stories of not a parable like we often do, but this is a story that actually happened in Matthew 17, and it's it's from 14 to 21 in the verses. But I want to kind of just set the table a little bit. And I want you to see that this is at the end of Jesus's ministry. So he's been on the earth now for 30 years before he started his ministry. And now he's worked for three years in his ministry. That means the disciples that he grabbed, and he's now been interning, they've been with him for a solid three years. Now, not interns like we understand internship. They lived with him. They're with him in the morning to the night. They're spending the night. They're all in the same place. They're eating together. They're living together. They don't ever leave each other except on a mission. And then they're all going together still there. They've been around Jesus 24-7. Jesus sends them out. It's the end of his ministry. He's trying to get them ready to launch out and to do what he's telling them. Say, hey, man, I'm giving you... The example, I'm showing you what to do. Now, go and do it. A man brought his son to the disciples that was having a demonic oppression. And the story, as you can read there in uh, Matthew 17, 14 through 21, the disciples prayed. They did everything they could think of, and nothing happened. I don't know about you, but that's kind of frustrating that you can, you know, you think you know what's going on. You've been with Jesus this whole time and you think you've got it all together and you do all the steps that you think. Sometimes we can get into a formula mentality that we think, okay, if I do A plus B plus C, I'm going to equal with D. And it's not like that. But here's the interesting thing that man, when he didn't get results with the disciples, He didn't say, I guess this isn't for me. He says, I'm going to keep going. And he went to Jesus. And he told Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples. They prayed for him and nothing happened. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted in the NASB, which means distorting, misinterpreting and corrupt Generation. Now, remember, he's at the end of his ministry. He said, How long shall I be with you? In other words, he's saying, "Hey, man, I've been trying to show you all of this, and yet you still have unbelief." That's an interesting thing. And if you just look at it on the surface, like I did for so long, and and many of us do, you say, "Man, Jesus, that was pretty harsh." I mean, they did their best. They prayed for him. They did all they could do, and it didn't work. So then they brought him to you, but Jesus is like, no, I didn't mean for this to all be about me doing all the work. I'm here to teach you how, and you still are unbelieving. When you drill down on that word unbelieving, it's the same word in the negative connotation as faith. In other words, you still are aren't convinced. You still aren't persuaded. And you're letting things distort you and misinterpret in your mind and, and corrupt the truth, the words that are coming out of my mouth. Wow. But isn't that just like you and I? We can read the Bible, we can hear a message, and then something can come along and, and try and distort it. Try and miss interpret it. Maybe someone says that this is what that scripture means. You're like, man, that's messed up. If that's who God is, I don't want anything to do with him. And it ends up corrupting the great, wonderful words of God. And it makes you say, why in the world would I have faith? Why would I believe? Why would I be persuaded? Why would I change my mind from living this way to live this way? Jesus then spoke to the, the spirit of oppression that was on the little boy, and it was gone just like that. So then the, the disciples got Jesus privately. I mean, imagine you're with him all the time, and you don't want, it's like, okay, you're embarrassed enough. <laughs> you're like, Jesus, is, you know, I'm glad the little boy's okay, but you know, hey, why didn't we do it is what they said. They came to him privately and said, hey, why didn't it work for us? In verse 20, he says, because of the littleness of, of your faith. Wow. Your littleness of being persuaded. Remember, he's answered them and said, you, you still don't believe. He's saying it the same way in a different framework. Because of the littleness, the smallness. You, you may know the scripture that God says, hey, it may seem too big for anybody, but God, there's nothing too big for him. In fact, we looked at that last week as well. Jesus goes on to say, if you have faith, in other words, you're persuaded, you're convinced the size of a mustard seed. Now, mustard seed, they were very familiar with it. You and I probably have to go to the grocery store and go to the the cooking aisle to find mustard seed because we, we don't use that. We don't really know what it is, but they knew. But the mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds. And yet, even as I said in the beginning, if you plant that seed, no matter how small it is, the life that's in that seed is going to cause growth. And all of a sudden, you're going to see a leaf pop through the ground. See, because that seed, like every seed, is full of potential. So your faith the size of a mustard seed, it can be the smallest of smalls. Another place says, God has given to everyone a measure of faith. You see, that faith that God has given to you, it may seem to be the smallest of all the small seeds. You may say, God, I don't have any faith. Another place, Jesus was there to to talk to someone. He goes, hey, do you believe I can do this? And he goes, God, God. Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I can go so far. My faith is this small, Jesus, but help me to grow my faith. See, in every seed, there is potential, but nothing will happen until it's planted. So you see, the the seeds of faith, they must be planted. In fact, it says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works, without action, if you're not going to do anything with it, then it's the same thing holding a seed in your hand, and it will never grow until it's planted. It all requires action. Now, in our lives and how we're developing our lives and we're trying to have this faith walk, if you want to call that, I I really don't think that's necessarily as accurate as what it is if you're using it as a religious terminology, But this journey that Jesus has started us off on that we looked at requires next steps. you don't have to worry about what 10 steps from now is? You just have to worry about what's your next step. And that's why at the end of every one of our messages, we we always give you an opportunity to use our text communication system and to, to know what your next steps could be if you would like to do it. But now I want you to see something. Jesus said that it was their unbelief and their lack of being persuaded and not convinced. As he continues on talking to disciples there, he tells them this very interesting, and now this is also very often misquoted and misinterpreted. He says, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And and most of my life, I heard it say that that demonic oppression is what was the only kind that comes out with prayer and fasting. In other words, you didn't pray enough before you went out to go pray for people. You didn't fast enough to go before you didn't have to do enough works before you went out there. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He said the unbelief... That kept you from saying, I know the power of God is able to touch this little boy and free him just like that. Your lack of being persuaded, that unbelief, that is the kind that only comes out by prayer and fasting. In other words, if I can say it like this. It only comes out with you spending time with God. Prayer. And fasting is is taking some time out of your your day, out of your life to say, okay, God, I'm now going to focus on hearing your voice, giving attention to you, using the prayer guide and fasting. I'm going to miss a meal. I'm going to skip a meal on purpose. See, Jesus said, when you pray, Jesus said, when you fast, these are not optional things if we're going to be on a journey. If we're going to follow through with what he's called us to do. And when we do that and we spend more and more time, we get to know him better and better and better. And just like the disciples who've been with him for three years every day, you get to have this deeper understanding. You see at the end of the new Testament, you see all the mighty works that happen. God's power didn't change. God's power did not increase all of a sudden because Jesus went to heaven. power is the same. It's our being persuaded. It's our being convinced. It's our having faith that changes it. And the whole purpose is found in our prayer and our fasting time. Jump with me to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 12. We see that this is the faith chapter. And it. it's often been called the, the hall of fame of faith. And in verse 2, it says, For by it, faith, the old men, in other words, all of the Old Testament men, gained approval. And I love this. And if you just read through it, it may, you may just go right by it and gloss right by it. It says, And they bear witness testify. Now what you think about that? They bear witness and testify. They had their faith moments that made them convinced and they were persuaded to believe that God was able to do some great things one of the well, the obvious things that that jumps out to me every time i think about this is king david he was a little you know runt kid out in the fields tending the sheep and all of a sudden this lion came up a lion <laughs> I mean, think about it. I'm not. I'm a grown man, and I'm. I'm not gigantic. I, I've certainly seen bigger people, but you know, I, I wouldn't want to sit there down a lion. Okay, but here he is, this small child, and a lion came up to eat one of the sheep. And I would have said, okay, that's just one. You can know, have that one. That's fine. I'm, I'm not going to get involved. The rest of us, let's go over here. You know, let's just leave them alone. Let's give them some private time. But he said, No, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to rescue that sheep. And I, I love even the foreshadowing that Jesus says, Hey, the wise shepherd will leave the 99 to go after the one that's fallen away. He goes over there and he is persuaded that God is able to help him take that sheep out of the lion's mouth. Then he tells a story that. Later, a bear came along, a bear. Now, think about how big a bear is. I mean, I'm standing up right now, and that bear is going to be much bigger than me. And that bear is going to go, ah, like this. And, And it's got this sheep in his mouth trying to have some lunch. And he goes, hey, because God delivered the lion into my hands, that lion was bigger than me. That, that lion was more than what I could personally take on myself. It was God. It was God who helped me through that. So if God helped me through the lion, God will help me through the bear. So then he charges after that, that bear. Now that is some being persuaded stuff right there. That is being convinced when you charge after a bear with the sheep. He's trying to eat and he's hungry. He's got his meal and you're going to try and take that meal out of his mouth. How many of you know he wants you to be that next meal then? If you're going to take the sheep out, okay, I'm going to eat you. And God delivered the bear into his hand. The lion was bigger than what he was. The bear was bigger than he was. So he shows up with his brothers down on the, where they're fighting the army. And the the Israel army's all up on the the hillside. And the the Philistines are all up on this hillside. And Goliath is up there, this mammoth of a man. I think it's somewhere around 15 feet tall, if you can imagine. And he's up there just roaring and saying, you know, if you guys can slay me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I slay whoever you send up, I, you guys are going to be our slaves. And they're all, all these army guys are all quaking in their boots. De- not David. See, the, the, the size of the faith that David had was not small. It wasn't little. Because he was convinced because of a lion. The lion was bigger than he was. The bear was bigger than he was. So he goes marching up to King Saul and goes, I don't know why anybody else isn't doing this, but if nobody else is going to do this, I'll do it. And they look at him and he's like, you're this little kid. Can you imagine a teenager going up and say, hey, I'm going to go fight in, you know, ISIS or whomever, you know, whoever the, the, the war is right now. I'm going to go take them out. And you're like, what? Now, again, this, this is a crazy story. I wasn't planning on spending this much time into it. But they're putting the, the entire future of their country in the hands of this kid. How many of you know that had to be a very persuasive conversation that he had with the king? But here's what he said. King, when I was out in the field, a lion came. God delivered the lion. A bear came. God delivered the bear. Though the problems keep getting bigger, my God is not limited in any way. Can I say it like this? David says, I'm persuaded. I'm convinced that God who did this and God who did this, he's able to handle this. See, in Hebrews 12, for the, bio, the men of old, David, bear witness and testify. So if you've got that mustard seed, that smallest level of faith, and you read through the Bible and you read the story of David and you go, Wow, how in the world? Then you read in the back and it says that God is the same yesterday for all the men of old, today for me and forever, for my heirs and for me in the future and then everybody that is going on. God's, God's power is not limited. Wow, so David had a lion. And God met him there. Okay, so I can trust God with my problems. So then God deals with this problem with me, and that faith has grown a little bit just like that seed that's planted, and all of a sudden, that leaf breaks forth. You're like, wow, this God thing, and trusting God really changes my life. See, that's why I say, if you will give us 52 weeks And just give God a chance. Even if you're not ready to believe yet, even if you say, hey, I'm not convinced and I'm really not that persuaded, but I'll give it a shot. That's the planting of the seed. That's the beginning, jumping off place, if you will. It's the starting of the journey. Fast forward back or rewind, I should say, back to the beginning. It is Jesus who began this work inside of us. He's the one who began the faith journey. Will you bow your heads with me? I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm super-duper pumped by the words that we read in Scripture The stories that we heard and how we all put it together about being convinced. So where do you find yourself? Are you at a place that you're ready to be persuaded? You're ready to jump off and give God just a a chance. Are you ready to let God into your life and say okay I'm not so sure about this but this is the beginning place for me and I'll take that first step and after that first step it's from there on next steps or maybe you like me have grown up in church and Maybe you've done a lot of things in the church and you've read a lot of scriptures and you've read a lot of things and and yet when it comes to the troubles of my life coming upon me, you would say, but I have a difficulty trusting God or having faith in the context of what we're looking today. My great prayer is that by this message today, that you'll be challenged to say, God, I'm going to trust you with mine and and I'm going to not be like the disciples where he said, why do you still not believe? Or it's because of the smallness of your faith that this answer is not coming. I invite you to say this prayer with me. Whether it's your first time coming to God or whether you realize that you want to take the next step in understanding God, And following faith. Say this with me. Say, Father in heaven, I realize that you are right here waiting. Your power is great and wonderful. The only limit is in my believing. I choose to believe in you. I choose to start this relationship with you. I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to read more of the Bible and apply the the stories that I see and how you took them, and I'm going to believe that you're the same today as you were then. I surrender my life to you I surrender my unbelief to you. And like the man, help me with the areas that I'm low. Help my unbelief. I choose to start this journey with you. Today, I give you my life. Say this, I surrender. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you did that, I, I've already mentioned it. If you've done that with us today, I, I would just encourage you to take the next step, and that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469 289 And it's nothing, anything big. It's just simply a way for us to communicate with you and a way for us to tell you what your next steps are. If you'd like to take them, we're here to help you through this journey of faith. Jesus is the one who started it, but it's our role to help to be there for you. I want you to, to let's close in prayer. Father, I, I'm just loving your words. Lord, I love the, the stories that you led us to today. Lord, I'm just so encouraged by David and the lion and the bear and the Goliath. And it didn't stop there. It continued on until his last breath. There was always another struggle. But as he grew, the same way that seed grows up and gets bigger and bigger and turns into a gigantic tree, that is how our belief system is in you because of every other thing you've done. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I pray that all the words that have come through this message will be challenging, it'll be encouraging, and it will boost some faith. It'll be like miracle grow on the seeds that are there, and it'll make us all be ready to take that next step, no matter what that is. And let us build on what you've done in our lives and remember what you've done in our lives And look forward to tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's so good for you guys to be with us. And if you will, watch to the end for ways that you can connect. You can find us on social media and ways you can give.